Hey everybody, this is Eric from the Nostalgia Podcast. We wanted to take this time to unequivocally and wholeheartedly say that Black Lives Matter. This is not a conversation and this is not a debate. The following episode, which was recorded mid-May, is our first episode back after an intentional hiatus. By releasing this episode and subsequently resuming episode releases, we in no way intend to steer the general conversation away from the Black Lives Matter movement or police abolition. We uphold our stance against the white supremacist patriarchy. Through anti-racist action, introspection, and self-education, we are committed to being better. Listen to black voices. Keep attending protests. Keep donating your money. Keep speaking up against racist action. Dismantle the system that perpetuates racist action. Call out racist behavior. Educate yourself and educate your racist family. We love you, and we will continue to do our part in dismantling white supremacy. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay cute and stay critical. Hello, and welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. My name is Eric Lefebvre. And my name is Jessica Tercero. And this week we're and joined th- by Bob. 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 <laughs> Hello. I am Bob. Fangs so much for having me for this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we are super excited to have you on this episode. Bob is from one of uh, my favorite bands, Tilt Wheel. And he also has a fantastic podcast called I Want to Party with Bob, where he interviews some of our favorite local musicians. Uh, you guys all know now that we're musicians. You should know by now. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know, now so. you know. <laughs> Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Bob. Oh, I think you kind of covered most of it. I mean, I'm Bob from San Diego, drummer for Tilt Wheel for almost 28 years. I have my I Want to Party with Bob podcast where I talk to bands that I love and also talk about kind of ghosts, paranormal, horror, sci-fi, just things that I really love. And that's almost a year old. And I also have a trivia podcast, which Eric has been on. With lousy advice called the Great Rock and Roll Trivia Podcast. And Eric was the champion, the winner of my very first episode. So I was. I got an adult magic LP, which was sick. Um, That was a fun episode. That was cool. So this week we watched Dracula. We watched uh, Dracula 1931 and Bram Stoker's 1992. Holy shit, you guys. So, like, okay. Yeah. When you go back and you watch some of this stuff, I know we say this every week, but when you take the pop culture phenomenon that is Dracula, and it's like, oh, cool, I love Dracula, I love all the things, and uh, actually watch these movies? Yeah. <sighs> There's a lot. There's a lot there. <laughs> um, I will say, I mean, I enjoyed the second more than the first. I think that might be blasphemous to a lot of cinephiles out there, because I know Dracula is one of the classics. Yeah, um, it is. It is. But there's a lot more going on in the Bram Stoker's Dracula from the 90s, too. Yeah. There's also a lot more eye candy that's not, you know, as far as effects go. And, oh, yeah, and in yeah, other yeah. ways, too. But, I mean, it, visually, the Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Coppola Dracula, yeah. is stunning, right, in, in a lot of ways. The other one, you know, the 1931 version, the effects are obviously, you know, uh, is that a 
bad or did some guy just it's, throw like a sock yeah. in the air or something you know what it's the like fuck a towel that, that just, like was thrown across the screen yeah, a towel right yeah <laughs> like somebody's got a towel on a rope like flapping it as yeah. it kind of goes along you know like what the what are they the, one thing well maybe we'll get to this in a minute but my favorite part of the 1931 dracula no let's get it out of the way now is the very <laughs> beginning the very and i think you know what i'm gonna say the very beginning when they're looking at like the basement of Dracula's castle where he lives, where his coffin is and everything. The critters? Yes. Yeah. So there's like the, an arm they're armadillos? Yes. A possum. <laughs> and like Jerusalem or what are those pill bugs or and like the what Jerusalem the fuck? Cricket, those aren't yeah. native to Transylvania? Like well, what's also, going on here? That little Jerusalem cricket has its own coffin. It was so oh, it, I it, didn't notice that. It came out oh. of a little coffin. Oh my god, like, really? This is so cute. Okay, I this is what that. I want. I want fan fiction about that. I want to know how that happened and why that happened and him and all his little like critter friends. That's what I want. It'll be like the Hamtaro but meets Dracula. <laughs> I wonder I wonder why they, they it was kind of like well what what kind of weird shit can we put in here? We don't have well, wolves are hard to get. Um yeah, let's look around the neighborhood. That's that's the studio lot possum they found in the trash can that morning, yep. probably, you know? Probably, something yeah. something like that. So what's weird about both of these films is they both had a budget crisis. So right off the bat, since we're talking about this real quick, and then we'll get into deep dives. But um, actually, no, I'm going to save this. Let's get into the first one, because that's let's how we'll start it off. Let's jump into it, yeah. <laughs> cool. In the far-off land of Transylvania, London real estate agent R.M. Reinfeld finds himself selling land to Count Dracula despite warnings from the local villagers. Once the papers are signed, Dracula manipulates Reinfeld using some vampire mind control stuff, which causes his mental state to deteriorate. After crossing the sea together with hellaboxes of dirt, they arrive in London, and Reinfeld is sent to the insane asylum. Dracula wastes no time and promptly makes friends with a woman named Minna and her family, who I guess was the reason he went to London? For some reason, Dracula preys on Mina's friend Lucy first, prompting the men in her life to call Dr. Van Helsing, who informs them that they're dealing with a vampire. A bunch of stuff happens for no reason, while the men are deciding what to do with the women's predicament. Then Renfield goes back to his master Dracula. He dies. Mina is saved. Van Helsing is a vampire now? And he and wants, he wants to, to suck, to your, suck blood. your blood. Whoa. Probably. Whoa. A lot of inferring at the end there. <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, so since we were just talking about it real quick, I'll get this out of the way. This film had a problem with budget because guess what happened in the 1930s? The Great Depression. The Great boom, Depression. Boom, boom, boom. So they were originally going to be doing a different version of this, but they ended up deciding to do just a stage. So this is actually the stage play that they adapted this from. And there was no money, no money at all. And uh, Bella Lugosi only got $500 a week for this, while his counterpart, the dude that played Jonathan Harker, who was, like, not even in this fucking movie, got $2,000 a week. And they fucking used Bella Lugosi to make him go to Bram Stoker's wife and be like, oh, baby, let me let me make this. Let me make this. I can make this. And wow. uh, then he talked her down from, like, $200,000 to, like, sixty. Whoa. So, but like Bella Lugosi was like, this fucking film is happening, and he wasn't even their first choice for Dracula either. No, they they he, like they, they like, settled on him. Happened. They settled on him basically. They had to yeah. talk Todd Browning into letting Bella because Bella Lugosi was playing Dracula on Broadway at the time, right? Which was uh, yeah, hugely like successful that. too. They were saying 
And then they gave him like 3500 bucks for the whole movie, which I think they said to, to equate that to nowadays kind of money. It was like 50 grand or something stupid, right? Like, what, yeah. the, what kind of an ins- – he wasn't very well known, but I think it seemed like Todd Browning didn't like him or something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Is it? Is this the one where the cinematographer? Because I'm I'm bleeding the two films together because there's so many similarities in a lot of ways, um, even like production wise, kind of. But is this the one where the director was super sad because I think someone died or someone was in the hospital? Oh, there was died something, and, then, and he wasn't really present for a lot of the movie. So he the cinematographer. On- yeah, he he did like a lot of like the directing and everything. The directing work, and right? Todd shows. Browning didn't even do like most of the directing work. He, he, it's like Tim Burton with Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Tim Burton's yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas, but it's like um, he didn't do jack shit. He like drew yeah. a couple things, said, "Here you go, here's," <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, whatever. But that, yeah, yeah, I I was reading Jessica the same thing about how shitty Bella Lugosi got treated during the filming, and he was the one that really is what made that whole franchise turn into what it turned into, right? His yeah. image as Dracula is how most people know Dracula, more or less. And so, like even his I, cadence and the way that he yeah. speaks and everything, too. His and mannerisms, his acting for the part, yeah. sure. It's just wild, too, because Bella Lugosi is such a staple in horror, right? Like you think of oh, yeah. Bella yeah, yeah, Lugosi yeah. as such like sort of this idolistic horror god to some respects so for him to be just sort of like the plucky third or fourth choice to these directors and be like whatever just give him give him a meal voucher and just fucking i don't care i don't care (laughs) like oh give him a pittance (laughs) let him into the canteen at the studio a couple times a week you know and he'll be good he's he's a foreigner he was because he was that was the other thing too i remember reading something about him no shit being looked down on for his nationality as well because that's, I have a lot to say about how this film treats foreigners. And I think the vampires were, at least my read of it is the vampire aspect of it was a metaphor for a fear of like other cultures, like xenophobia type of sure, thing. Sure, a little xenophobic, um, sure. And then they also, they prey on innocent white men, right? That are coming, right. just trying to and, help, and and white then, women as well, and 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 white children, <laughs> and as they're well. going to take Let's your children, and because, yep. yeah, and they can manipulate people just by looking at them with their words and with stories. And there's also this weird thing about not being able to raise above what they are. Like they have to, even though they leave, they have to sleep in their soil, and they they have to bring it with them wherever they go. Like I don't know, there was a lot to this that. Red, just really xenophobic and really fucking racist. I've never made that correlation <laughs> oh, yeah. before, but that's you make some great points. That's the the soil, and also I'm thinking right when you started saying that, who are the victims in 1931's Dracula? Well, it's Lucy, and then mm-hmm. also there's like a baby, right? And in one of the first scenes when Dracula brings mm-hmm. the baby to the brides, that's taken from the book as well. But how much xenophobic? Thoughts were in that when Bram Stoker, who was Irish, was writing about it from, you know, say people from Eastern Europe coming into Great Britain or Mm -hmm. Ireland or whatever. Hmm. That bears uh, a further, further look, I believe, to me. Well, and then because when you get into that, too, like so he buys a house in the neighborhood and then everything goes to hell. And then vampires are like or Dracula is going after their deepest desires, like their children, their women. Like what what are the things that. 
as a white person, you can find the most threatening, like to you. Sure, and it's, it's, sure. It's your your property, your air, like your the people around you, right? And yeah. he even like with Renfield and stuff like that, he takes advantage of him. So we're supposed to think like, because also like trying to look at this through like a 1930s lens, like what is this saying, and what would I take away from this? Or not, maybe not me, but like, what would somebody like take away from this in the 1930s, right? So this really trusting, really kind of upbeat dude goes to Transylvania and is going to meet the guy at like midnight. You know what? It's kind of weird, but it's okay because I'm here to help. So the way that he's framed too is he's a victim. A victim. He's like, an, in- nope. an innocent victim as well, right? That which yeah. Yeah. Yes. When he's more of actually like the winning accomplice in in some ways in reality, it seems like. I mean, Dracula takes advantage of him, but through, well, maybe I'm looking at it through a different lens as far as like the book and all that. He comes under Dracula's sway, but he's a very enthusiastic member of Dracula's posse, it seems like to me in some ways, too. Oh, a thousand percent. We're in agreement about that. Yeah. But when he he shows up, he's like, oh, say, Mr. Dracula, pleased to meet you. How are you? You know, or whatever. So (laughs) it's like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he also wants his money, too, because that's the other thing, right? He's kind of a snake oil salesman. Like, right, or at least, like right. for me, I'm like, this fool. And, like, the locals are like, hey, you don't want to do this. And he's like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. Yeah. Right? So, like, also not respecting culture and not, like, you know, listening to obvious warning signs or anything. Just got to make the sale. Got to do it. Got to do it. You know? Crazy. That's American, American raise yourself up by the bootstraps kind of mentality. You know, let's, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's get right in. Oh, vampire, I'm not scared of you. Uh, let's do yeah. business. You know, like, oh, yeah. come on. Like, really? It's just like that blatant disregard for for warning signs just because of your general ignorance of other cultures or your general ignorance of, like, a cultural landscape to some degree. Under the guise well, of, also, of, of greed. Yeah. Uh, also, sure, I'm safe. Sure. I'm fine. Nothing is going to happen yeah. to me. Everything is cool, you know? So, like, being naive also plays into that, too, right? And then, like, Brenfold also, like, one of the, the lines that I, I really liked from him was, Mad Men have strength, I think is one of the lines he said. But, like, throughout everything, he's trying to be, like, oh, no, I'm strong. I got this. It's fine. But also, like, he he was so tortured with himself. Like, this one had so much more of him, but I don't know what it was trying to say about him because, like, he was so poorly written and the way that he was treated by, like, the mental health workers, like, that also was fucked. Like, everything was fucked about him and his character. Yeah, Yeah. it's hard to say, especially just in the terms of, like, addressing sort of the disregard for mental health in that way where it's like, I mean, back then, again, with many... Many of the the themes that we're going to discuss are sort of like for that time, folks were way more dismissive of anything that wasn't like white or American. It was just like disrespectful of other people, of of bodies, of folks who weren't men, essentially. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. it's they go at it with no nuance. It's just like loony bin, blah, 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 you know, which is silly. I got a lot of gay vibes. From Reinfeld and Dracula. I mean, obviously, I have a lot more to say about sexuality and sort of like the queerness of character in the second one. Because in this one, it, again, there was so little dialogue. Like a lot of it was just like moody landscapes and like him right, sort of lighting wandering and, stuff and you're like getting, that, right. yeah, you're getting set. And it was work really and choppy that. too. It was like, really it's choppy. Like, oh, wait. 
what's happening now? Yeah. Like it didn't feel like it it was strung together very well. No, but even even in this story, I got small moments, especially when Reinfeld first shows up and they're having that like initial meeting and at the the dinner table and he's kind of introducing himself and he's like, oh, I'll be ready to go tomorrow. I only have three boxes or whatever. Like that whole thing. I got this total vibe of like, I mean, Reinfeld was sort of presenting himself in a way that seemed a little bit more feminine than expected. That might have just been in general optimistic character mannerisms of like him wanting to make the sale of him wanting to do this. Like it could have been that it could have been just that sort of fronted thing. But then watching the second one, I was like, well, I feel like there's there's more of a not a relationship, but more of like a teasing homoeroticism in the way that like Dracula would look. And I mean, again, that's just character mannerisms, but like a sensuality almost between Dracula and and Renfield kind of. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause then even after that, like just the fact that he became sort of his like sidekick, he just, he, he like, he was sort of a doting servant in a way that felt more than just like, I mean, obviously he was under his spell, but there's like an ab- yeah. abuser, abuser and yeah. abused relationship between the two in some yes. ways. For me, yeah, yeah. is what I see, and that kind of that carries through, like the book and both movies we're talking about, and other Dracula related movies and shows and whatever. That's yeah. kind of a common theme. They they always seem to hold the Renfield character. They keep him to task. They keep him in that. Uh, same role that he's in and almost everything in some ways. And I always got, I totally understand what you're saying, Eric, as far as there is something a little bit kind of homoerotic between the two, but it, it's like, it's a kind of a abuser, abusee situation yeah. is the way I feel. And, but it's almost, there's like sexual tension between them yeah. in some ways too, which it's, in the 1930s, you know, they're going to present that in a kind of a very quiet or <laughs> way, not stated right. way, obviously, oh, yeah. but but I think you're right. There, there, there's something there. When you said that, it, you know, I love talking about this because you both have viewpoints of it that make little switches kind of click yeah. off my head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Well, and to further that point, too, like when you think about it, who does Dracula attack? Like he only attacks women. Like he will bait men. Right. But like Renfield it's like to get them out of the picture or something like that. In or some ways, or to right? like further. So he's like promising like you can be with me at some point. Like you can be with me. Yeah. Like it's fine. Oh, there you and go. So there he's like just a, kind a little of like, bit of a tease in some ways or something. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, just just give me something. Give me anything. You're going to give me something. Right. And so in that way, he's taking this power over them. And it's he, um, he was the original queer baited character. <laughs> you know and it's like i'm not like we might kiss later maybe i don't know do you know we might hold on let me stick around and find out yeah right just just... (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. but you're totally right about like the abusive relationship sort of it's almost like this this prominent manipulative gaslighting almost of dracula that just like convincing him to do these things obviously it's undermined control but it's taking somebody who was hopeful and wanting the best or expecting the best out of an unknown situation going into this deal and then being totally taken over. And again, now Reinfeld's life is over, essentially, mm-hmm. because of this. Right, right. Completely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Completely. You don't bounce back from eating flies and spiders very quickly in any kind of situation. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. But that's that level of, of like abusive <laughs> control that Dracula has over him, too. Yeah. <clears throat> so in this one, I didn't understand 
why does he want Mina? And why the fuck does he go all the way to all these like great lengths to fucking get Mina? Right. In, in the 1931 version, yeah. it doesn't even say it doesn't really clarify anything about that at all. Right. Yeah. Right. Also, Betty Davis was considered for that role, side note, uh, but Universal didn't think she was hot enough for it. Oh, wow. Wow. Oops. Like, some executive (laughs) was just like, (laughs) oh, she's not hot enough. What the fuck? She also doesn't have any fucking lines. Like, she's not a person in this. Like, this whole thing is about... This whole thing is about xenophobia and about controlling women yeah. and owning them. And it, it's not even yeah. about controlling. It's about ownership. Who gets to have them and they don't make any decisions for themselves. There's the scene where it's like five dudes in a room and Mina's like, okay, I'll go to bed. And yeah. they're all like, just Mina, you should go to bed to now. Like, well, what's, <laughs> what's wild too is just comparing like, cause I know previously we've done like the Wolfman and the Mummy. So if we're comparing like classic monsters, that's sort of the overarching theme of all those traditional monster movies is like male control over women. Well, and the thing too is he obviously owns the, like, I mean, Dracula owns his three wives, right? He controls yeah. them. And we see that just with him doing the, yeah. the waving of the hand, right? So why does he want them? And then why does he like go I, in any iteration? I don't understand why he goes for Lucy. Um, but all of the women just exist to be exploited, to be victims and to be gaslit by men. Yeah. And like at the very end, Mina isn't saved by the dudes. She's saved because the sun comes up. Yeah. So the dudes don't even save her at the very end. Like they they're just there to be in peril, to give the dudes something to do. Like they have no agency. No, no, really, none other than to stand there and be attacked or to be victimized, more or less. That's kind of the only role there is, to be manipulated, controlled, and ultimately victimized. And then cast aside and like, oh, okay, now I got you now. Okay, well, yeah, I don't want you anymore. And it's speaking also about like sexual assault and all of that, which we absolutely need to talk about with this. I wanted to talk about the way that Mina talks about the attack how she says it's like a dream and everything is foggy and like she can only remember a few details and she'll never forget the eyes and she was weak and she felt like the life was taken out of her that is a thousand percent sexual assault yeah a thousand percent and she was hiding the evidence because she felt shame it was hard to talk about you know and then like her dude was just kind of dismissing everything but what I did really like was her dad was at least very like, yes, talk to somebody. Yes, whatever we need to do, like this is going to happen. Like at no point was her dad or like the doctor being like, no, this didn't happen. Her her husband was the one that was like, well, that didn't happen. Let's just think happy thoughts. OK, let's just think happy thoughts. It's fine. And it was just like, Ugh. uh, but like there's there's also something to like the vampires, too, with like to talk about like cyclical violence. Oh yeah, the or, the the idea of like vampirism in the way that it is perceived is like you get bit, then you're a vampire, you live forever, and then sort of you have to feed, so you have to inflict violence on others, right? Like that as mm-hmm. a cycle, and just like the, the the reiterative notion that it exists through the ages, that it continues mm-hmm. to exist. Yeah, I think that's that's super interesting, just as far as the the vampiric trope of what the character is and what vampires are and do in society and also just specifically tying the violence itself and making it a pseudo sexual act like the whole neck Mm -hmm. thing. And it's, and oftentimes too, what really like, I guess I haven't really thought about it until now, the sexualization of the, that act of violence itself, oftentimes when 
somebody is bit, specifically a woman is bit by a man, they're almost acting in this like orgasmic way. So the performance, yeah. that, which was wild. Right, so right. The performance of that violent act is supposed to be sexy or hot or the idea of like being a sub or being like whatever or being victimized is like hot, which is this weird thing that I noticed today that I'm like, why the fuck is that a part of the vampire story? Why is like <laughs> being sexually attacked hot? I don't understand why that's been written in as the trope for all these vampire characters. Well, and then when they like accept it, then suddenly they're cool and they're sexy yes! and they like, you know, and people <laughs> want them and stuff. Yes. And oh, what does it mean to say it's something like the night is the only time I feel alive and yeah. it's always at night and it's always like, you know. Well, I have a lot to say with that on the next one. I mean, it's not in this one, more, more so in the next one. The, but oh, just, the next one. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. just oh just ju- just the idea of deviancy <laughs> as sort of like the untouchable, like something that you can't get or like the nighttime and like like anything that isn't straight white heteronormative digestible is bad in that way it's sort of like all of this Mm -hmm. becomes deviant so like embracing the evil and just being like yes i want to die you're like what is this (laughs) like okay (laughs) come on y'all this is a lot one thing i want to say when you think about it and kind of put it in the terms that as far as what you guys have been saying over the last couple minutes about vampirism and sexuality in a lot of ways that's like a rape analogy in a lot of wouldn't you say the old kind of the ultimate rape analogy but they're presenting it in a way where it's like oh but see it's okay the victim enjoys it well yeah but they fucking die i mean and or turn into a vampire so i mean it's all like shitty it's all like god damn it but it's you know like no no it's none of this is good yeah it's not good they're only traumatized if they remember the attack right yeah so that's where and going back to you saying like right they're foggy oh it's foggy i just remember eyes and doubting the victim's statements and every like oh my god like yeah, this is all fucking rape. It all yeah. like, oh Jesus Christ! It's man. just, <laughs> it's just wild that as a genre, that idea is the romanticized aspect of it. They've taken yes. rape and romanticized it to to the point where it is one of the most notable tropes of any sort of generic vampiric thing. Like that is right, it. right, <laughs> like. Anne Rice built a career on <laughs> this basic, all these tenets. Like yeah. Anne Rice, you built a career based on sexual assault. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, my God. <laughs> it is wild. Not to, yeah, not to laugh he... about it, not to sit here, oh, oh sexual no, no, assault. No. Oh, it's hilarious. You know, I mean, to put a lighter note on it, I guess, in some ways. Like, good fucking Lord. I, when you're looking I mean, at it from the outside, it's like, oh, it's so obvious when you, like, really yeah. start to think about it, you know? Well, and look at how many people have made a career off of that, right? Like, that is what Bella Lugosi is known for. Like, I will yeah. always 1,000% remember him as both Dracula and that uh, Bauhaus song. Like, that is what is etched in my mind <laughs> Bella Lugosi is dead. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, then there's also, song, like, people that build their whole lives around this aesthetic and that, like, then there's, like, the Twilight thing. And Twilight is one of the fucking grossest things ever. Yeah. And I have read it because I was kind of forced to by people that I worked with and it sucked and it's horrible and I can talk about that all fucking day. Um, Twilight. Oh boy. I never saw any single I read almost every Anne Rice book up to Did you? Oh my God. I can't remember. I stopped reading her books sometime like in the mid nineties. 
I, yeah. I would look into Anne Rice a little bit more now that you guys have given me a lot of things that I actually want to look a little bit more into. And Anne Rice is one of those things because yeah. there were some issues about her like in the late 90s, kind of when I stopped reading and it was like, oh, good, I stopped reading for a good reason. <laughs> OK, good, good, good. All right. Yeah, self-validation well, kind of thing, you know. Well, and that also goes back to um, something that we talk about a lot on this, which is when you go back and actually watch things like not just for like, oh, cool, this is on, you know, like chill, you know, like The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for for me and you guys, it was Mary Poppins. You guys did, ruined me. Oh yeah, me the rest but in a good way. No, no, but in a good way because I was like, yeah, man, you know, fuck that movie. That's bullshit. Yeah, you know these people like fuck that banker, man. Get fuck, give that's, him his penny back right now. That's like, literally how I feel you. every time we do an episode. Or for the most part, afterwards, I'm like, man, fuck all of these people. Fuck this whole story. <laughs> right? Fuck that kid. <laughs> Fuck his parents. Like, oh my God. Like, it's just, it's, I, you really start to see some weird cyclical tropey, like, cause again, all of these stories are just written by people and oftentimes they're flawed and oftentimes they're men, which under a patriarchy, it's a lot of sort of blindness to like sort of misogynistic tropes and especially in this like well but there's like also too when there's like such a strong female character or what you think is a strong female character then really going back and like actually diving in and being like it's a lot of this and what we do is like having the courage to go back and look at things and be like and like really not just seeing it for the cultural icon that it is right but like what is this actually saying and what is this normalizing and is this character actually somebody or are they just nothing, you know? And in, yeah, in sure. this film in particular, like the only notes that I really had on Dracula were like xenophobia, right? Everybody is afraid this is what's going to happen if foreigners start moving into your space. Yeah. And then for the women, right? Because they don't have any lines like looking bare, at bare any minimum, of the characters. Bare minimum, yeah. None of the characters had any depth to them. Yeah. And it was just so choppy and so, so all over the place. I had to like stop a couple of times to be like, what the fuck is happening? How did we yeah. get here? Who the fuck is this? Right. And this was just like out of all of the older films that we've watched for this podcast so far. This was like worse than Wolfman in terms of at least the Wolfman had like a story, you know, like this yeah. one is just kind of it just kind of went boop, 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 boop. Because of how water, choppy it was. Water. Boop, yeah. Boop, boop. The narrative structure was so all over the place that it nearly didn't exist like you there had to be so much supposition throughout it like you had to like okay i guess they're on a boat now okay they had to talk about that that's fine why is he at the opera okay now he's at the opera okay that's fine (laughs) and he's just walking into the opera yeah it was like such a it's like reinfeld looking up the stairs being wild because he's like under his spell and all of a sudden he's a dracula's at the opera like okay so you're supposing that the boat docked Where's Reinfeld? Who knows? Then there's the opera. And then we go to the asylum and then we see him and he's like, where's Dracula? And so it's like, you're really having to tie Like, I like movies that aren't so expositive where it's like, and who's that character? Well, that character is this, this, that, who did this and this, this, that. Like, I like when it doesn't do that, but this had none of it. <laughs> like, give me something. Oh, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, nothing. Give yeah. me at least yeah. something to go off of. Give me, give me a starting yeah. point to tell your story because I'm so, I'm really lost. <laughs> like, this isn't great. <laughs> I think it was big. This movie was really touted as one of the most frightening movies ever made at the time. Yeah. Right. And I think they were just going more for kind of like a lot of modern day movies where it's all CG bullshit, like Transformers or something, you know? Yeah. And you're like, 
Wait, where the fuck's the story? There's no story. These are yeah. like fake robots running around breaking yeah. shit. Okay, great, great, excellent. I think it was the same way with the 1931 Dracula was they cut it. They're like, oh, no, just make it so that it's scary and shit. Like they, you know, they would talk about people in the movie theaters that were passing out. They were they were <laughs> talking about that in newspapers and reviews saying, you'll be so frightened to see Dracula, you'll pass yeah. out. You know, <laughs> just saying it was like a pure fright fest. So they're like, oh, fuck the story. Let's just make these yokels scared. Yeah. Because back then, you know, you listen to Little Orphan Annie on the radio and you'd be lucky to see a movie every couple months or yeah. something like that so i mean and truly maybe that has something to do movies, right <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> right <laughs> some degree yeah. yeah yeah there was a lot of like gorgeous stuff like the set when reinfeld first gets to the castle and you see dracula walking down the stairs in the Be- background beautiful. yes it's gorgeous yes, and you're like oh wow beautiful. this yes, set yes. this set is awesome like i love this um again the details the cobwebs i mean yeah it's really gnarly right it's it's really cool i did love a couple of like the the we'll just i mean it's a big budget film to some degree but again it being such a low budget in a way that other films weren't like some of the takes were just like oh that was not the right take you guys should have done that because like when um (laughs) he reinfeld passes out and then the uh women come in like with their long trains Mm -hmm. and he like shushes them away one of the girls is because they have to back up in a diagonal to get away from the the train so they don't trip and i was like oh that's smart but one of the girls is walking too fast and then like runs into the other girl and she has to like tap her on the hip to be like hey like I, you're coming but like come on and then they go out of frame and i was like yes wow. that was the wrong take i love that oh my god and then just some of the props too like you said it would be like a spider and it's like a spider with a clear string just being pulled up a wall and you're like oh <laughs> right. you're like okay oh, <laughs> like, okay or it's was, like this bat that's just hanging yeah. in the window for like 30 seconds <laughs> yeah. too long <laughs> you know? which state-of-the-art special effects in 1931 i truly, guess which, know, i don't know to I some know. degree i'm like that's that that those parts I enjoyed the most. It was sort Same. of like the. It's campy. It's funny. It's like, campy, oh yeah. wow, oh, like wow. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like without meaning to be really. Yeah, you know, it's so. it's low budget and bad, but they. It's like the room in that same way where it's like yeah. this is bad, but I'm really liking this. <laughs> like you know, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the last thing that I really had to talk about with this was mostly men's reactions to again, kind of that like pack mentality, right? So like. Dracula is taken in by the men that surround Mina and Lucy. And all of the dudes, once like Van Helsing is like, aha, it is a vampire. Everybody's like, no, no, it's it's not Dracula. It can't be him. I know him. We hang out. It's not Dracula. It's cool. Even though he's creepy, even though he's hanging out with Mina too much. Clearly, there's something wrong. But because they know him, quote unquote, they are like, no, 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 it can't be him. Because by... By knowing him, they're implicating themselves. There's that sort of, not necessarily plausible deniability, but there's just sort of like a a kinship in folks to some degree who look like you to where you identify with them. So if you can't see yourself doing it, how could you see them doing it? It's like, yes. well, that's my friend. They would never do something like that. But there's a, like, especially in this with the men, it's sort of like, well, he's a stand-up. It's a, it's a boys club yeah, kind of thing. It's like a boys yes. club yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. He's a stand-up fellow. He would never do that. And he's like, you don't and- know him. <laughs> That's my bro. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah he can't. No, we got a beer earlier. Him. I met him earlier. He's cool. Because 
then they have to question themselves, right? Yeah. Which, like, also another really interesting thing about vampires is they can't see themselves in their reflection, right? So they can actually never look back at themselves. They can't see themselves in the mirror and see the things that they've done. They can't, they're in, literally incapable of that self-reflection, whether you want to say that's because of, like, demonic powers or whatever. But, like, this is, they're, they're actually monsters. And I think that's one of the most telling things about being a vampire. And there's this really great line, um, the, this is the one I wanted to read from Renfeld, which is, to me, why all of those men were doing that. Um, God will not damn a lunatic soul. He knows the power of evil is too great for those of us with weak minds. So going back to like our Wolfman discussion, right? Where it's yeah. like the anti-Semitism and all this other stuff like, oh, well, I'm just going with the flow. Like I'm just doing this out of like survival or out of whatever, but it's not me. Don't worry. I'm going to be forgiven for this. Like, I'm not yeah. going to be held accountable for these actions. Whereas, like, Renfield, he still has those moments of awareness, right? And all, all of the victims do. For Renfield, it's, you need to get Mina out of here. You need to save her. You need to do this, right? Because I can't be responsible for what happens. Like, I can't do this. But he still does it anyway, right? So he's still capable of that reflection and of that self-awareness, whereas the vampire never will be. Yeah. That's such an interesting take, just just the physical idea of being able to self-reflect. Like, that's right. so... I, I guess I'd never thought about that as an, a generalized idea apart from just it being a trope of the character. That's so sick. Because there's this, this general idea of, like, yes, they carry within themselves autonomy, but there isn't sort of self-reflection in the sense that you can recognize wrongdoing in hindsight. Like... You're never going to be able to see yourself doing these things physically in any sort of reflective way or from the perspective of somebody else. So, th like, oh, that's so crazy. That's so cool. And they're, I like they're like never going no to be regrets. able to change, yeah. right? You can't have any personal regrets, right, if you yeah. can't self-reflect and think about what you're doing, more or less, so... Yeah, that's pretty intense. That's gnarly. <laughs> I love that. I never, I never thought about that. Yeah, that's brilliant. I wonder yeah. if, like, <laughs> I wonder if that has anything to do, like, I, okay, so oftentimes I expect and suspect that a lot of people who've written media in the past were not as considerate, like, or just didn't really, it was just like, oh, this is just an interesting thing that I threw in. I wonder if that has anything to do with the trope of the vampiric character as of like Dracula or of vampires itself. Cause that is just so, that seems so obvious, but I've literally never thought about that. Well, like, and it might be that yeah, this story so is so cool. played out that we just like, you Maybe. know, the, the more that you are um, exposed to something, the more normalized this is, the less that you challenge that, which yeah. is why we go back and look at this stuff, right? You know, yeah. to see what this actually means. And so with that being a trope, it's like, you know, what makes a vampire a vampire? These 10 things or whatever. So there's this list of this is what makes there's a, a list. There's totally yeah. a list. Yeah. So uh, we've begun to look at things especially with like folk tales and stuff like that as more of a like which box does this fit in not what does what does this mean in the context of that character or of that yeah. box you know yeah. what i mean what do their characteristics say about them as people as characters as beings oh that's so cool just a complete lack of cognizance <laughs> for oneself as an idea of like not owning action that's so sick. And that makes it all sense lines for, up. That for completely vampires lines because up. they are just completely not able of change ever. The only thing that will change them is death. <sighs> That's sick.
<laughs> are Hell you, yeah. Is there anything else anybody <laughs> wanted to say about this one? Or are we good to go to the next one? I didn't have much to say about it. It was kind of a di- the second time I saw it, I was like, I watched it twice in the last two weeks. I was like, oh, this movie's really fucking boring. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I, I can't sit through it again. Yeah. I can't do I was going to try. I watched the other one three times, though, because there was enough shit for me to go, ah, oh, that's fucked up. Like, why? You know, kind of things like yeah. that. Isn't it so wild that, like, some people hold on to this as, like, this is it. And they build their whole aesthetic and their whole life around something like this movie or like the classic Hollywood movies yeah. and stuff like that. But when you go back and look at it, there's no substance and there's no, no story. No, no, and no, none. Like, like literally none, pretty much. Yeah. 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 And when people do that, like I'm not sure when the last time that they went back and actually watched this was. Yeah. Sure. Like it must have been. One thing, one <laughs> Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say it was probably great back then because there were no other movies. <laughs> so, hundred percent right. There was nothing else really like that. As gnarly as that movie, yeah, you know? so, yeah, yeah. yeah. One thing I did want to say about it, though, it was something I read about the film at the very end when Dracula's dying. They censored. They cut like. I don't know, 10 or 20 yes, seconds yes, of his death yes. screams out because they thought it would be too gnarly for audiences to hear it or something like that, right? Yeah, there was supposed to be a whole epilogue that got cut because they didn't want the Christians to be unhappy and like oh, be able wow. to kind of accept this. Yeah, I think I think I'm good. I think I'm we can put this vampire to bed. We can put a nail in its coffin. Drive a stake through the heart. Boom, we all got one. And then we're going to cut the head off of the next one. Let's do this. There you go. There you go. In the far off land of Transylvania, London real estate agent Jonathan Harker finds himself selling land to the lavish and creepy Count Dracula. Once the papers are signed, Jonathan is given to Dracula's brides to bite and to bone an unholy whatever for, I don't know how long. Uh, after crossing the sea with hella boxes of dirt, Dracula arrives in London and immediately creeps on John's soon-to-be wife, Mina, and her promiscuous friend, Lucy. And by creeps on, I mean stalks and sexually assaults both of them. Anyway, motivated by love or some shit, Dracula manipulates Mina into falling in love with him. Van Helsing shows up, and so does a letter from John, who's escaped the sex dungeon, and asks Mina to meet him in Transylvania and get married so she'll be saved. She complies, they go back to London, then back to Transylvania, Mina kills Dracula, Mina is saved, and Van Helsing still has a vampire boner. vampire boner. boner. He wants to be a vampire, kind of. Oh, my God. We'll get into that. All this shit. Um, So, where the fuck do we begin with this one? I don't know. Well, you can begin with the title just by calling it uh, Dracula with a lot of uh, female breasts would be one direction. Oh, yeah. I feel like Like an excessive excessive amount. Um, Yeah. I don't don't know why we didn't see Winona Ryder nude in this movie because everybody else was pretty much, you know. Like, so, oh, yeah. my God. Like, really? Like, here yeah. we go. The vampire I, sensuality, rapey, like, oh, fuck this movie, yeah. man. Leaned I had some issues so with that hard. for sure. I feel like the, Lucy's character, like, or like on her resume that she sent in with her headshot, she also was requested to include a shot of her left boob. Because I think that, that was maybe <laughs> covered up for about maybe yeah. like. 
uh, like two minutes in the movie. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it was real bad. Um, on that fun note, let's talk about those sexy, sexy Dracula brides who um, oh my gosh. Oh. agreed. So <sighs> the women on this movie were treated like shit, y'all. So this isn't so bad, but uh, or this one isn't so bad, but it's just kind of funny because nobody wanted to ask the brides to take off their clothes, even though they agreed to it beforehand. So yeah. Coppola tried to make his son do it because, spoiler alert, he sacked the entire special effects department, the entire fucking department, because they spent all of their money on the costumes and the sets for this, mostly the costumes, because they're the crowning jewel of this, um, for more practical effects. So all of those effects were practical. Nothing was CG except for the blue fire. But that was like the, one of the selling points for the movie, too. It's like these are all practical, like, you know, fantastic, incredible and you know effects did all that? and this and that. His fucking son, his son who is into magic, he was like, hey, you want to go? Because they were broke. Like they had like no money. So he's like, cool kid you're gonna do this you're like i know you're into magic make it work and um so his kid was on set with him the, the three brides had agreed to like be naked in their contract and stuff like that and none of the fucking people on set could bring themselves to go ask them to take off their clothes and his son was like uh uh i i can't I, uh, uh. and then he went and made somebody else do it but like it like nobody wanted to go up and ask these like they they are super cool filming this like erotic blood orgy that's happening but to ask somebody to do that like why would you put that in the fucking script if wow. you are uncomfortable asking somebody to do this well also that should be a contractual thing that should be in the con- like cuz if there is it, any it sort was. of nudity to be it was yes Oh, it was. Oh, okay. but they were uncomfortable asking these women to do something that they had agreed to do. See, so that's why, why are you like, comfortable filming this wow. if you like? Yeah, because because then that adds a certain layer of tension just in the room, right? If like, well, I don't know if I don't ask. Like, they were cast. They're contractually. They're getting paid because like. If you're naked on film, you get paid a higher rate. Like, it's part For of sure. the contract. It's part of the thing. So. What a what a really little bizarre little boy thing to do. That is like, oh, also, it's it's bizarre. nothing to be ashamed of. If you're gonna no. do it, cool, do it. If you yeah. wrote this into your film, great, awesome. And like a big way that this was written was to be like the sexy vampire movie. Like he wanted to lean into that super super hard, right? But to be nervous about asking people to do that was really yeah. weird to me. Um, also, like, on set, this was reported by, like, one of the extras in the scene. Coppola shouted whore and slut at Winona Ryder when filming a scene to try to get her, like, elicit the emotion that he wanted from her, which is gross. And then there's another scene where Gary Oldman, like, when she first sees Dracula in London or whatever, where she, again, wasn't getting the reaction that they wanted. So he grabbed, a, like, a cucumber or something, and when she turned around, he had, like, he had it like it was his dick hanging out, and she was just like, <gasps> and they're like, great, that's it, awesome, cool. Like, wow. they were, yes. and then he also had them, like, film an actual top-to-bottom wedding, by a sanctioned fucking priest, right? So Keanu and Winona were actually married because they made them go through the entire fucking thing, right? And oh, wow. they only showed that ending thing where they're making out. That's it. So 
this whole thing was supposed to be a love letter to Dracula and to vampires and to all of this stuff because they took a lot from like Nosferatu. They took a lot from uh, the original source material. They took a lot from 1931 through all these little great things, but they didn't have a lot of substance around it. They were like, I want this to be authentic. Why? Also, what the fuck are you doing? So I have a lot of issues about this film and then finding out all of this stuff behind it. I was like, this all 1000% tracks and I fucking hate this movie even more now. Spoiler, yeah. <laughs> I hate this movie so much. Well, to go off of this being sold as like a sexy sexual thing, I want to talk about what I was trying to get into the first time as far as like the queering of sexuality in this one. Um, just like most films, for the most part, that all exist. If ever there's like a gay character depicted, they're never supposed to be depicted as having like anything good or gay acts are always depicted as bad. So in this movie, like when Minna and Lucy are in the garden, they're sort of being manipulated. That's when they kiss. So like a gay kiss is like evil. And then there was the scene with Gary Oldman and Keanu Reeves when he's shaving. Like that was the homoerotic scene Cause like he's shaving and then he goes up like right next to him and he like touches his neck and he's like, maybe you shouldn't shave. Like it's actually pretty dangerous. And then he like licks the knife and then goes back and like touches his back. And I'm like, yeah. So like it's, it's the reiterative idea that like gay is deviant. It's sort of, it's, it's, it's the deviancy. It re- of, reinforces, reinforces that, that the viewpoint yeah. that any kind of gay or queer sex is like deviant behavior and yeah. ooh, like forbidden, yeah. forbidden, like, Oh, well, like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold like, on. You know, so. him, him, him sort of like being homoerotic with Keanu Reeves in that moment was like, oh, it's supposed to be scary. And he's like, I don't want this. You're scary. And like, no, but I can control you. Like that idea of sort of the manipulative male gay person who is like a pervert and a deviant and all that. And then yeah. next to that is right. like the gay orgy of like all the ladies like kissing and all this stuff. It's like scary and hellish and bad and gross. Like, and erotic right yeah it's like it turns you on a little bit but it's like meant to be a little bit disgusting and a little bit like forbidden fruit yeah sure and big in a big way i would say almost that it's oh yeah it's fruit yeah it's like immoral and not normal sort of it's so also tying it to the sort of xenophobic aspects of this from van helsing from his perspective and like the londoners or even like the texan those guys Mm -hmm. the idea that like this person carries with them all of this sexual deviancy that includes like homosexuality or any sort of queering of sexual acts or sexual relations just sort of adds to this idea of normality as like sex is just man and woman. Sex is just this. You and know monogamous. what I mean? And monogamous. Yeah. So that was definitely something that I was like, Oh, okay, well we're doing this. Every, every like gay thing is, is a negative in this. Sure. And also like, look at Keanu Reeves's character. It's almost like with the razor licking scene and all that, it's like, oh, well, wait, he didn't start gay, but look, maybe he is now. You know, it's almost presented in that way. Like, oh, you know, that gay man turned him gay in this. Well, how did that happen? Right. And it's like, like, yeah, like like over over the top kind of or something like that. But also, no, no. I mean, your main point being. It's presented in such a negative way. Yeah. And I got that too. I totally got that from that scene. Like, oh, like he's manipulating this poor person into yeah. being attracted to him or something like that yeah. in some way. And it's and it's all well, bad, you know? And it's well, like, he, 
okay. even to your point about like them being like, oh, because because when Keanu ends up coming back and they're having that conversation about like, well, you didn't ingest anything, right? Like you're you're fine. And he's like, no, I didn't. And they're like, okay, are you sure? Because like if he gave you anything, then like you got to make sure. And then it's just like, no, 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 I'm fine. They're like, okay, well, then you're good. It's sort of like. Did you suck his dick? <laughs> like what? <laughs> like oh, what are you? What right, what, what, right, right. what what is happening right. right now? Like what are you getting at? And I know it has to do with like the idea of being transformed or like, but it's also just again treating if that were a sexual assault of any kind. I felt like they were more worried about the queer aspect as opposed to the violent aspect of what that would have been if it had been that thing. Specifically sure. between yeah, Dracula. Yeah, yeah. And no, between, that's a great point. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, and again, yeah, yeah. like now yeah. Dracula in this one hasn't just gone after Renfield, right? Like he went after Jonathan too. But again, like he very specifically just baits people and only yeah. goes after women. Like, cause we full on see him like wolf boning down on vapor boning down on some people, right? But he won't do that with Renfield. He won't do that with Jonathan because it's like, beneath him or be i i don't know i i'm not sure what that is or he's not going to give into that i, I well can't. The, it feels like it goes back to the sort of misogynistic ownership of men owning women like well men can't own men so that doesn't make sense why he would go after them men are huh? big air quotes more powerful than women so he should only prey on women because that mm. makes sense right so mm-hmm. in in a male-dominated story it really feels like that's just off limit. And again, it just reiterates the misogyny of the idea of preying on women as being that. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, sure. As that like being the whole, okay. like the weaker, weaker sex kind yeah. of thing. In some yeah. Ways. It reiterates yeah, yeah. that, that weird trope. And then it also just sort of reinstills a sort of bizarre validity. Like they're trying to exemplify why it's okay in a really disgusting way. It, like it, it felt so convoluted and gross. And again, it just goes back to the vampiric lore of it all. But this movie definitely didn't do anything to change or sway the grossness of what the story entails. (laughs) No, I think if anything, it just reinforced so many horrible fucking tropes that we see. And like, like gaslighting is totally cool and totally normal. And it's like, it's not like Stockholm syndrome, right? But it's like loving your abuser, you know, and then just suddenly like, oh, well, but this is exciting to be abused and everything. I don't want John because he's vanilla. I want somebody that's going to hit me. Like, this is just another thing where that's trying to reinforce the fact that women are supposed to want to be dominated and want to be abused and treated like shit and they find that hot like we're supposed to find that attractive like what the fuck that's so toxic also you said stockholm syndrome did you guys know that that isn't real no stockholm syndrome yes going back uh, to like the patty hearst thing and all that where like loving your your captors more yeah where it was developed it was actually a fun story about how men make up shit women say yes yes, so it was a bank it was a bank heist in sweden and the cops really flubbed the shit out of like making sure that the hostages got out alive when the captors were like treating them okay generally. They just wanted the money. And after the fact, because the main uh, captor, she came out and she's like, no, they were actually good to us. The cops mishandled it. The cops were the one who risked our lives. They're the ones who put us in danger. The media spun it to oh. make it like, no, she actually is 
under this pretense, this, this assumption, she's in love with her captor. It's fake. We right. handled it great. Yeah. She's sick in the head she's now. She's been manipulated she's into been manipul- lying yeah. about it. Yeah, so yeah. A- again, it's like t- t- spinning the words of something that a woman says for the gain of the male and to sort of glorify how the man handled it in that situation. I just thought it was like, it makes sense for the context of the story in that, in it that does. same way. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Isn't yeah, that crazy? Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. Ah, uh, I fucking. People suck so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They really do. Um, uh, so, okay. We've only, like, scratched the surface. What yeah. do you guys want yeah, to get there's, into there's first? A, I have there's a, there's a depth to the shallowness of this movie, for sure. Yeah. So, there is definitely... Well, do you guys want to talk about Lucy? I do. Okay. I want to talk sure. about... Go ahead. You you brought her up, so well, I'll add to I was just going to say, she was... I think my favorite character just yeah. because she she carried within her this autonomy, this lack of shame, this lack of she like she rejected everything the men expected of her and was like, no, I'm going to be me. And you're like, hell yeah. Like at the beginning, of the scene where like Minna's reading that book about sex, she's like, no, just show me. Like, let's talk about it. Like, I want to talk about sex. Why can't I talk about sex? Why is it right. bad? It's oh, not like shameful. I did it last I night. Know. I did it last that night. That book is not whatever, about right? sex. That was Arabian Nights. Uh, oh, and. That is about Islamic folk heroes and stuff like that. So this is exotification of cultures. And oh, also yeah. interesting that because Dracula's whole thing is that he was fighting Islam, right? And then that took everything away from him. So Lucy, like this is another way that they're trying to pin her as being a dangerous or bad character because she oh, this is her book shit. and this is what I she's never thought subscribing about that. to. I never thought about that. Yeah, they're trying to portray her as an other immediately by siding with what is supposed to be sort of the villainous or the downfall of our main character. And they're That's doing bizarre. that by oh. just showing it just showing like a sexy picture. I thought it was a Kama Sutra book. But no, it's yeah. Arabian Nights. That book is like not about sex. I mean there might be some No, in not there, at all. Like Oh look, Lucy's She's the downfall of our hero or our, yeah. our even though well, he's the bad, the bad guy, um, he's actually the hero of the story in a lot of ways. too. And yeah. then it makes sense why he attacks her. Right. Or like yeah. it, if we're setting this up because he's always been against Islam. And that was the whole reason that his love was killed. And the whole thing that sent him on this quest is right. Christianity. Right. And wow. then Lucy embraces this. And so I still don't understand why. Lucy even exists because like she just exists to be a victim. But like I was glad oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at least oh, yeah. in, yeah, yeah, in this well, telling yeah. of it that they make her like you were saying, Eric, she's strong. She's like owning her sexuality. Like, yeah, I do this, whatever. Yeah, I boned him, boned him, did this. Like, yeah, but yeah. the way that they're trying to frame that character is a lot of like slut shaming kind of is. Well, and, well yeah. And then oh, like, yeah, later on yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's also the reason why they wrote her that way was then later on when she's just boning down on that sweet, sweet werewolf dick, right? Or whatever, <laughs> right? <laughs> She's like, um, if you just take after when Mina saves her, right? And she's talking to her. Um, what does she say? She says like something like, I don't remember it, it all. You know, it's all so foggy. It's this. She's clearly in turmoil, right? But then the way that she's treated is just, it's almost like she's asking for it. You know, because she was so promiscuous and because of this and because of that, like it's not. They, they framed it that way. And and to add on to that point, I think the intention there is like they're depicting this this woman 
with autonomy, with power, with strength, without this hindrance of, of sexual shame or this hindrance of, well, I shouldn't be doing this because I'm a woman. She doesn't give a shit. She's like, who cares? Like, whatever. I'm going to do whatever I want. That's great. But she's there to reiterate and instill within this male story that that is not good. You will die. Right. It's not a good thing to yeah. be that. If you're a woman, you shouldn't have these things. You shouldn't have autonomy. You shouldn't be promiscuous. You should have one guy or whatever. And then just I wanted her to have like for, a triple or it, something with people. Like she has well, all these dudes and they were all like very yes and okay, fine. You're getting yes, married. I still got you. But they were so bent on demonizing her promiscuity. <laughs> It, it was just so sad because then at the end, it, like, we just see her own this, but then she has a baby. Like, yeah. <laughs> fucking, this is what she wants. She wants a baby. Like, ugh. She was my favorite character she apart from everything that they did to her. Because really, like, that first scene was so funny. Just, like, the first guy comes in and she's like, oh, my God, watch this. And she just, like, walks over. She's like, I'm going to flip the hell out of this guy. Walks over and like, wow, it's so big. Can I hold it? And she pulls out his sword. <laughs> and then he's like, he's taken by it because he's like, oh, my God, this gorgeous woman. Then the other guy comes yeah. in and she's like, hold that thought. New person. And then the third guy, she's like, okay, you guys hang here. I'm going to go. And then the fourth person, she's like, here, come, come, come hang out with us. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, you're sick. She was the and, coolest. She was my favorite. And... I love that the dudes were just kind of like, yes, and cool, this is fine, you know, whatever. Because they weren't ever at each other's throats in the same way that women would be if those tables were turned. But yeah, also, she was supposed to be like the projection of what Mina wanted to be, I feel, or what, how she, how confident she wanted to be, what she wanted to inhabit. Because she, like, she, John was vanilla. John was fucking boring. John had nothing going for him. I love Keanu Reeves, but goddamn, there was nothing there. And <laughs> uh, like uh, and, uh, the worst English accent I've ever heard in my entire life was I mean uh, other than Hopkins. my English accent, but oh so my bad. god. So bad. Mr. Like, Dracula. Like no, 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 no. Uh-uh. <laughs> just play it straight, dude. You should have just played it straight. I, Same with honest- Winona Ryder in my case. Like I'm sorry. It's like yeah. no, don't make her do an English accent too. She sounds terrible. Honestly, though, I loved how bad, like, just because oftentimes people say, like, Keanu Reeves is a bad actor. Sure. He's done great roles, but I love seeing him when he's so bad. It just makes, it warms my heart. (laughs) Like, like seeing him in that room and then, like, Gary Oldman's doing this amazing character bit, like, hitting all of his beats, like, he's emotional. And then it cuts to Keanu, he's like, oh, but, Uh, but, what, 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 there's a, (laughs) what? Wait, what, man? And you're like, is he is he here? Like, what is this guy doing? Well, and honestly, I love that he was he like if he was gonna play that, like I love that he did it in this film and that he did it as John because John is the most fucking boring character. Like, even if you look at those yeah. lines, right? Like his whole oh, yeah. thing is like, sweetie, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some business right now, and then when I get back, we'll get married, right? And then he's like taken over by these sex demons right and so then he can't find his way out because they drain the life out of him and suck Uh. him dry and keep him there and you know so he doesn't have the strength to move because he works so hard and then he like gets to like you know the nuns that save him and he's like come to me and marry me and like the whole time like he's just so he's so vanilla that yeah. it was, it worked so well, and I could, I understood why Mina was like, 
yo, what's going on, Dracula? Because, like, he's yeah. actually, like, super kind. He thinks about her. He, he like, tries. I mean, the first. In, he dotes like, on her, pays attention to her in a lot of ways, I guess, is would be one way of, of, of saying it. But, it, I mean, are you, are you tying in the whole uh, reincarnation factor in there, too, when you're thinking about it from that per- perspective? Which is yeah. also really interesting because, like, fucking Catholics don't believe in reincarnation. So what the oh, right, fuck? Right, what the fuck? Right. This whole movie should not nope. have happened. This should not have been a thing. Yeah. Nope. Uh-uh. Nope. Well, they're, well, they're orthodox, but they yeah, same thing. What They would have been orthodox, right? But who yeah. gives a shit? I mean, yeah, they neither way. They don't believe in reincarnation. So yeah, uh, that's the, where I'm going to get this out of the way real quick. Yes. My biggest problem with this movie, other than kind of the the gratuitousness and the treating women as objects throughout the whole movie and treating women shittily is the fact that it's uh, the love story. I hope you guys didn't like it. I was not the love story <laughs> factor was like, no, no, no. It's, it's not a love the story. Devil. He's evil. Yeah. He's it's not a, like, I mean, source material aside, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. want to take it in a different direction. That's totally yeah. cool. I mean, that's happened a million times with a million other movies. Yeah, they where they detract from the source material. But in this case, I was like, you know, this guy like eats fucking children for a living. You don't make a love story about something like that, right? I don't know. I don't know. That's what kind of got me. Where I was like, oh fuck, but I don't know. That that's, that's where it lost. That's me. the worst part because they're 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 toting this quote unquote romance, this this love story, a big love air quotes for all love story. Time, right? Yeah, but it's really just a story of ownership, right? It, like, is, it is. That's the point. That's the point. That's, and and that's why it's so fucked up is because he feels like he has ownership over her because yep. they had loved each other in a previous life, and she's kind of like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And then until he, he says he's a prince, and, and she's then, like, Come yep. here, daddy. Come here. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. Totally. But totally. Also, fuck my soon-to-be husband, whatever. It's fine. And then yeah. even after she's married, she's like, yes, take me, daddy. Give me something because this vanilla motherfucker isn't giving. I don't feel so anything true. with him. So true. But at least I feel something, even if it's like just shitty, even if it's bad. Like, so <laughs> that's, that's, I, I agree. All of this sucks. The whole thing is bad and it's yeah. all manipulation stuff but i also get like y'all these fuckers are boring and the other thing too that they establish about her is she doesn't feel attractive she doesn't feel like she can get anybody she is so conditioned to be the the vanilla housewife you know or the vanilla school teacher you know where that's why she like she's convinced herself that's what she wants but that's not what she really wants yeah yeah. But it sucks because then they're like, oh, but Dracula is what you want. And this is what you want. It's like, no, bitch, there's other things. There's other people in this world. You can just go out there and get it. You can get that shit, Winona Ryder. Like, I believe yeah. in you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's it just also sucks that, like, that's how they painted her. And that's what we're expected to be like, oh, this is like the damsel, quote unquote, for the story. This is the the hero to some degree. So, like, the expectation from sort of an audience surrogate perspective is women, all women should be this way because we're seeing the opposite, the antithesis of that persona of those sort of character traits with Lucy. And how did that end for her? She got killed. Right. So from an audience yeah, perspective, first she tried to kill a baby and then she got killed. Right, right. Like, yeah. Right. All like, the, all the bad, all the bad yeah. was put on her in some ways. Yeah. 
So as an audience, we're being told through this story that women should have low self-esteem. They should not be sexually free. They should not feel any sort of autonomy. They shouldn't be all of these negative things because the man's going to come in and be able to tell them what to do. And meanwhile, men are allowed to have that that because Dracula got three other wives and then they were bitching at him. So he like, here, have a baby. Right. He literally said, here, have a baby. (laughs) Shut up. And then he went after Mina. But before he hooked up with Mina, he went out with Lucy. Right. He fucking. Yeah. He took her. He took everything that she had. And then she's still supposed to be cool with that. And when she even confronts him, she's like, she did the like stupid Romeo and Juliet thing where she's like, oh, God, you did this to somebody I love. But I love you. And I'm like, why? Why? Like, how can you be okay with this? And then, like, John comes back and is like, sorry, I fucked a bunch of girls. And she's like, oh, it's fine. And the whole time she's thinking about Dracula. And so, like, I think that has to do more with manipulation. Like, with a lot of those types of gaslighting tactics where it's like, nobody will ever love you like I love you. Nobody is going to be there for you like I can be there for you. I'm nothing without you. Just these really gross tactics, which I have lots of experience with. And um, it's really funny because in high school, I played Mina Harker in a play. And I don't think I was in a lot of it. But yeah, so Mina, like she, I feel for her and I feel really bad because I don't know how much of it was because uh, it's presented as her choice. But I don't know how much of it was that whole like gaslighting and like uh fake stockholm syndrome and yeah like thrall yeah. and like you know even when it's presented as her choice because we see so many times like he kind of inhabits her like suddenly she's storm at the end right and she does the thing and, <laughs> like but that was him right so how much yeah. of what she was doing and what she was feeling and experiencing was actually her i don't know because this movie was real fucking messy with all of that. It just, it didn't it want was. to tell oh, anything. Oh, God, it was. Yeah. How and about not the just ending? bloody. Are we at a point where we can talk about the ending yet, do you think? Oh, yeah, we can. I, I have like five pages of notes on this shit. We can talk about ending and then we can go back and then we can do a thing. <laughs> like, because okay, I still want to talk about <laughs> some of that Dracula shit. Let's talk about the ending, though. It, um, it, what the fuck was that? Um, the ending. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh, I love this. Um, So this surprised the fuck out of me. The best thing about the ending, I think, the whole thing, the whole chain of events was stupid, was dumb. Everything about it was sucking. But um, no pun intended. Uh, (laughs) At the end, I liked that (laughs) Mina got to save herself, right? So, like, she went in and she got to stake him and she got to cut off his head, right? Right, right. Um, And that that was good, actually, when she's like, no, you guys stay the fuck away. I'm going to go handle this. It was like, oh, good. Finally, they give the character some true strength in some ways, right? I mean, otherwise, she's like, oh, I'm at the mercy of all these idiots, you know? Yeah. And it's like, no, no, hold on. I'm going to go take care of shit. You fools stay the fuck out here later. And then boom, she <laughs> handles business. But at the but same time. I also time- don't like what that was saying either because so um, let's give some credit to uh, George Lucas for coming up with that ending. Thank you, George Lucas, for not he, having. He did? He did. So it was going to be no like the original uh, ending in the book. 
So this is like the one thing that wasn't authentic that they didn't take from it. And I liked that a lot better. Oh, Lucas and Coppola were buddies. They were good buddies for. They were buds. They still are. They got wineries up there. Whatever. Yep. 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 That's Um, right. That's right. (laughs) So what I don't know, I I don't know if it's clear what's happening in that because she kills like her love or whatever and all of that. But is that saying that um, the release, like as, as a survivor, as all of that, right? Is that saying that the only release you can get from torment can be given to you by your abuser? Right. Like, yeah. So yeah. is that what that's saying? Or is it saying like, because uh, also he was redeemed at the end, which I fucking hated. Right. Or like, you know, just at sure. least for like a minute. Or well, like, then, of course, understood. George Lucas wrote it because he was thinking about Anakin Skywalker the whole fucking Ugh. time he was talking about. <laughs> it, right? like, um, uh, we'll, we'll make this uh, evil character and then I'll redeem him at the very end. Like, oh, that's every fucking Lucas story ever written. That's then- another subject in and of itself. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, for sure. For there sure. has to be redemption or it's not a story. You know, like, oh, George. I mean, you just go roll around in redeemed. your billions and shut the fuck up at this point. The man know? has to be redeemed. OK, the, the man, you know, he can't rest until he's redeemed. It's OK. <laughs> you're right. Um, you're right. Yes. Uh, but also, what is the saying about cyclical violence, too? So, again, like the only sort of relief or the only way to truly be free of this sort of influence is by destroying the person and that's by yeah. with more violence you know so there's right, right, not a right. good way the to cycle. deal with yeah, this. yeah 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 it's reiterating this idea of i guess ownership in the sense that it's like the only way out is to end somebody else's thing whether it's autonomy whether it's their life like you have to destroy something in order to gain like the only way to succeed is through the destruction of others in right right it's it would almost go back on the two wrongs don't make a right kind of thing, but that's the only way out of a situation like this is by committing an act of violence, which in essence should be a wrong type of behavior in a way. Yeah, and then also to give fucking Dracula of all people like a redemption and make him the victim in all of this. Uh, and that Fuck was the thing. You thank you for bringing that up because that's. The whole theme through this whole goddamn movie is he's a victim. Fuck no, he's not a victim at all, right? Like, he's a slave to his behavior because he was so in love with Mina or whatever her name was at the beginning of the movie. That's why he's at. It blamed her almost for the whole fucking thing. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, you can't blame. My God couldn't let this happen. My God. Yeah. Like, right. Like, come. Well, you know, obviously it was the lady's fault. I, It's like, oh, no, no, uh, uh, no, no. Fuck this movie. You know, I'm getting pissed now a little (laughs) bit. I'm like, I mean, this is some bullshit in this movie, right? (laughs) Like, let's get into the thing that pisses me off the most is when Dracula has already like laid his metaphorical claws into Mina, right? He like becomes vapor and goes into her bed and is like vapor fucking her right and she's like <laughs> orgasming on the thing and she's like right. and then he shows up in her bed like he's like oh no I can't do this to you like he gets all the way there right and he's like oh, I can't do right. this and right. she's like, and he's like I oh, want no, no, no. you to do this oh, no. I want I, you to I do this do and this you. she what? and it's oh like motherfucker you did not just do that right five yeah. minutes of like him having to be like no I'm here I can't do this and like I have crossed oceans of time for you. 
right? Oh, All of this stuff. Like right. this fucker has waited like 500 years for her or whatever. Oh, that's not an ocean of time. An ocean and, of time is 30 million fucking years, okay? The ask the dinosaurs then, about oceans of time <laughs> because yeah, 200 <laughs> years ain't shit. Okay, come on. Uh, but it's also exactly. always feeling sorry for himself, playing the victim. He sounds like a goddamn conservative to me. All right. Yeah. Go, Let's go, fuck, go. fuck he's him. Like, you know, put on your MAGA hat, Dracula, and fly the fuck out of here right now. So it's true. Like him. he really, he really has these levels about him that feel very like incel and shitty. Like I waited a thousand years for you and you owe me this. Like what the fuck? I don't know you. Like no, you no, mean? I don't know you. Shit. Uh uh-uh, uh. Why did you wait you for me? The- you don't right, know me. And I don't fault, know you. Not mine. Yeah, that was your choice. <laughs> Own your choices. And that goes back to the reflection thing, because there's that whole scene when he gets to London and sees her, and then he's like, the paper's just levitating, that whole thing. So it's like, he can't recognize or take ownership for personal action because of the lack of self-reflection, literal lack of self-reflection, which I'm still, I still love that, that idea just as a, as a character trait and this sort of this intrinsic failing of what and who this person is. Let me go back real quick, though, about the incel comment and say, <laughs> essentially, essentially, Dracula does live in his mother's basement. So you know, I wish I had a little but a bing right true. there. Uh, You're not wrong. Essentially, You're not wrong. essentially, he does. Yeah, I love everything about that's, this. That's I love pretty much this. it. No, yeah. that was, you got to give all credit to Eric for that, for the whole incel thing. To <laughs> I begin love with. this. So, it is well, so I feel, like, Okay, I, I feel like for all of the stories that we, like, a, a good amount of them, I'm like, oh, this fucking incel boy. But I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't want to say this for everything. I'm going to play this out. But really, though, really, but it, though. But it's I, true. It's, oh, right, right. It's, it's that super silly male thing of, Again, I think it just goes back to the whole Batman syndrome of like, you'll never understand my plight. You'll never understand the struggles that I've been through. It's like, I was queen, once. She died and got she was struggles. Fortunate. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> right, everyone goes right. through shit. You're not like inherently generally sure you're unique in some regard, but generally, no, you're not really that unique. We all go through trauma. We all have all kinds of shit. And so blaming your lack of sexual endeavor blaming your lack of sexual experience on other people because you think it's their fault that they're not fucking you like go away it's again going back to this reiterative lack of 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 ownership of oneself it's a lack of it's not owning any action and just blaming everything on the world essentially oh sure it's so, yeah, yeah. It's so silly like it's so silly <laughs> I have a whole so, new outlook on vampires from here on out. Like it's just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Can we just keep talking about just for a minute? Like acknowledge all of the creepy sure. things that um, Dracula did. How he was like spying on her and Lucy, and then decided to make it rain to have his own private uh, wet T-shirt contest while they make out. Oh like, my! Yeah. Oh yeah! Like that's a yeah. great use of your power. Like, that's exactly yeah. what an incel boy oh. would do, right? And then, it's like, like a yeah. fucking Florida vampire, right? Like, uh, uh, make it yeah. rain so we have a t shirt <laughs> contest over here. Yeah. Like, hey, ladies, come here. You know, like, hey, it's the fuck, Tallahassee uh, Dracula. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, it was, it was but so. But that's a great point. That, yeah. that was a great point. That scene was just so weird, too. Just because what, what would, 
I mean, it was essentially like him trying to communicate to her that he's coming, right? Like, right, there's right. the oceans and the waves. Like, he's traveling to her. He's on his way. Like, I want you to be ready for me when I get there. So, get sexy and, like, all this stuff. It Like, it was this weird, I'm on my way, so be ready for me when I get there. And I still don't understand that once he's there and once he has her, so because obviously he's taken other wives, obviously he's taken other women before and dated men and everything. So he can't fucking keep it in his pants now that the person that he (laughs) crossed oceans of time for is right here. He's at her doorstep. Hold up. I'm going to go fuck your best friend. And then mm-hmm. when he gets caught by, by Mina, he's like, don't look at me, right? Like, if you really do love somebody and if you are committed to this idea, like, I want to be off boning all of these other people, maybe like in like the 400 years that we're not around, right? Around each other. But when you are here and when I am at your doorstep, I'm not going to be with anybody else. You will be my, my, the person that I'm with and, so for him to just not even just go after a random person, but to go after Lucy, her best friend, yeah, her best friend, because like he's trying to be close to her and have the mind control thing. Right. And all that other stuff. So maybe it's like partially also so he can know more about her. And the more that I think about it, the more fucking disgusting it is. I can't like I, 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 I can't with well, any of well, that. And thematically, it just reinstills the idea that men are allowed to be promiscuous sexually, but women are not. In a very, in a very simple way, it, it, it takes away still that ownership because if Minna's not supposed to be fucking that other guy, so he's torturing that man, right? So he's going to come over here. You're only mine and mine only, but whatever I did, I didn't love them. I love you. Okay. Sure. Great. Sure. What does that mean? <laughs> it's yeah. just re the, the whole, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah, I'm a man. I can do what I want, but you, yeah. no, no, no. You wait for me. Even yeah, though I just mind, killed, so screwed, and, and I'm killing your your best friend. But, also, you know, let's go watch oceans a Oceans of Time, so that you makes it okay. You know, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys right. see that, too? When they went, the, like, the he's witch? like, oh, let's go to the cinema, and they watch a porn? Like, or it's oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, he or, takes you know, her to a porn. He, he takes, takes her, her to, to see porn. porn. And then when he finally has her he's, in bed, he, he's like, like breaking her down. He's like trying to break her down and manipulate her into a position of total subservience to his abuse essentially yeah. is what it ends up being right i mean yeah i yes. know good call again i caught that but i didn't really put that into the picture because the picture of slime ball dracula that's coming out right now he's really slimy and really shitty you took you took your love of all time on a to first date a to fucking go porn porn. on the first date you yeah. fucking I think Dracula really is Florida man at this point. I'm sorry. I'm not to generalize, <laughs> but Jesus Christ. To yeah. to further that point that we were talking about with the last one when it goes to um, talking about the sexuality of vampires, right? So when oh, we yeah. look at the scene with Mina and Dracula and he asks her, right? And she's like, just take me, daddy. Take me, prince. Because she never calls him Dracula. She calls him prince. She never fucking calls him his name, which is super important, I think. Because what would an Encel boy want? 
call me Prince, baby. Um, yeah, but anyways, me- oh, right. as she's like begging for it, right? That's when his van, I, I, my note is his boner teeth grow in, right? Yeah. So his, his boner teeth grow in and then he penetrates the neck and then he makes Mina pet his wolf. Like I just, just all this like weird shit, <laughs> like symbolism, definitely some just weird symbolism going on there for sure. Yeah. Right? And there oh, is look, so much to be learned from pettis, beasts. Right? Like, oh, like, oh, oh no, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to call vampire teeth boner teeth from now on because whenever they, just, they they get horny for that's their, good. That's good. Actually, that's that's another good thing I'm coming away with. Everything written by men is written about their dicks. That's all. Everything is a metaphor for a penis. That's always oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. case. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. Yeah. Everything has to be some sort of penetrative tool. And you're like, you, y'all, okay, let's stop. (laughs) Like, I did want to say a really couple uh, fun and funny things that I thought were fantastic. In this movie, like the moments when Dracula is in the background in like a doorway and he just gets like cuckoo clock rocketed through the threshold of the door with like purple lights and he's like like when that orgy's <laughs> happening on the bed he just like and then just like right, looms over right, them right. it's like that skateboard effect where they're on the like he's on the wheels he's not walking he's levitating and i was just like that is so it's like these small moments of cinematic silliness that i was like yeah that's sick i love that and then when he's like crawling on the wall too like a little like crawling out the window and he just like looks at him like a cat and he's like, uh, and he's like, like, scurries yeah. away. I was like, this is so silly. I love, I loved it. I loved it. Also, the wig budget was so sick. Those wigs, yeah. that initial wig when they get there and he's in the red and it's like the white little puffy like braid thing going on. Oh my God. Did you God. read anything that about the wigs sick. or about the, the, the stylist? No, you were talking about the budget. I didn't, I didn't do any research. I just it noted literally. Visually went uh all to the aesthetic of the characters so like there was this wig person that studied japanese geishas and stuff like how every hair has to be perfect and in its perfect place and it took hours Mm -hmm. to build these wigs and gary oldman actually had to shave like the front part of his head for like the old dracula look Mm -hmm. but yeah like tirelessly fucking flawless on that and then all of the costumes right it, it did win yeah. the oscar for best costumes but like which yeah, tracks which like, super tracks because that like totally makes sense it yeah. wasn't just one dress it was like all of these like all, all like everything was just dripping with it was just so beautiful and so gorgeous but something super interesting to note which furthers the point that women exist in the story to be controlled and aren't allowed to make any decisions for themselves is the gowns that Mina wears, uh, or like her previous incarnation are green. Cause again, everything is choices, especially when you have that much of a fucking budget for something, right? Oh yeah. Um, but they are green, which is the color of lust, uh, love and sexual desire. So even in the costuming, they are being sexualized. So it, all of that was all just to make them more sexual. Wow. No, yeah, on a subconscious level, I know a lot of movies do that, especially with sort of just general symbolism in its way. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, I mean, it, this movie came out in 92, right? So it's, it is a relatively old movie, but it's just interesting that like even during that process of crafting the narrative, if you're crafting the look of the characters and what they're wearing and sort of like 
reinstilling within this narrative that Minna is just a symbol of sexual desire. She is a sexual object, essentially. Like, so by painting that and making the choice to make the color green and reinstilling that sort of color symbolism, you're just furthering this idea that she is, again, like you were saying, an object to be controlled within the narrative and not an autonomous person. Like, we hope that she would. And even in that final moment, again, at the end, when she does take it upon herself to have this moment of of, of release when she kills him, they still paint, like, they they take away that small power and give him that small moment of of levity and 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 uh, redemption not redemption but like yeah so so even like it just every choice in this just reinstills the fact that women should not be trusted which is wild i mean not wild it's expected and under a patriarch and all that stuff but it just it it blows my mind that that kind of stuff it just remains to be seen when critiquing all of these movies and most of them i feel like the one thing that we talk about every time is the controlling of women like every movie we've done thus far in some regard the female characters that we see are only there so that the men have something to play with Mm -hmm. and it's just like fuck (laughs) y'all Like what the come fuck? On, yeah. Come on, what is happening? Well, and well, even like, in the very, very final scene, yes, you know, Mina say had something to do with the redemption of Dracula. The very, very, very final scene is the painting on the ceiling of him, essentially like over and above her, right? Yeah, and it's like she just saved your ass, and yeah, she's the true hero in some ways, I would say. But now, symbolically, you're placing him more important than you Uh to the whole story when really, in some ways, she was more crucial to the story than anyone because she was the key to his final redemption. Blah, blah, blah. Anakin Skywalker has redemption for the Anakin Skywalker (laughs) bullshit. That was my whole problem with the ending, really, in a lot of ways, was fading to that painting. Like, no, don't focus on this asshole Make it yeah. Nina at this point. And of course, that's not what it's all about from the filmmaker or anybody's point of view. And that's why, like, women need to be in these fucking writing rooms, because, like, when you think about it, like, oh, yeah. even in, even in right. like, you know, the 1931 version and everything. Right. So many times, even in the play, the fucking play I was in. Right. Mina was just there as an object, as a trophy. And yep. so they never get to inhabit their life really they're just kind of responding to or going along with whatever the men in the story suggest right and it just it sucks and i understand so much more of the problem i think with how women are treated a lot in uh just normal life is yeah has to do with this kind of stuff and i know like people will say like you know oh whatever like that has nothing to do with how i treat people but it really does when you're looking at these things and you're saying this is the end all be all of films and you're not looking at the relationships or how people in them are treating them like cool like if that is how you felt like 10 years ago great if you don't feel like that anymore it's also okay to be like 
damn, I had no idea, like, that this is how this is. And then you see that, like, your heroes and these people that you've looked up to or these characters that you've looked up to, like Bill Murray in a lot of these films and all this other stuff, like Mr. Incredible, right? They're actually really fucking shitty to women. And they're really really shitty shitty. to everybody in their fucking, in their, in their fucking world, right? So of course Dracula is no different. Um, we haven't even gotten into fucking Van Helsing and I wanted to talk about Van Helsing because he talks about uh, vampirism as a disease of the blood, as an STI that comes from Venus to infect the, like, basically to infect oh, yeah. the Christian penis. Oh, right. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And yep. civilization yep. and syphilization, like syphilis. Yeah, he have, makes like, that joke. It's he, so silly. And they're like, oh, blah, 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 right? Like, and it's just a fu- <laughs> bunch of fucking men in the room, right? Yeah. And the whole Poor time, her, her. he's like, don't trust your eyes or ears or anything. But then he gets super handsy with me. Mina, and at the end, oh, yeah. like he, oh, like you know, time. Mina is a vampire now, and she's like, you know, because vampires are sexy and want to like whatever, and he just fucking goes for it when she goes into oh, out right away. He's fucking no ready qualms. for it, yeah, yeah. you know. I and hate vampires, except for you. I like you, you know. Like no, no, uh, uh-uh. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that so part bummed me out too. I was like, what time? the fuck? Hold on. And then he tries to hump the Texan. I don't understand how like. I mean, he's written to be like, oh, don't take him seriously or whatever. But still, like, the heroes in this story, the anti-heroes in this story, the comic relief in this story are all super shitty to women and each other. And they don't, they don't give a shit. Why? This is, (laughs) ugh. I'm I'm getting too too far down this rabbit hole, but y'all, no, we need to have better true, stories, right? and we need to have better people in these in these rooms and creating better story. Because if you want to make a story about Dracula, or if you want to make yeah. a story about Mina, why not give them some fucking agency? Why not instead of trying to make everybody a fucking victim, why not yeah. actually make them have to sit with their goddamn choices? Because nobody else has the luxury of not reaping the benefits or consequences of their choices. And honestly, to to your point about like just having more diverse writers in a room to sort of ask questions and be like, well, what does that mean in context? Like if if there would have been a sort of a female identified person in that room to look at that painting on the ceiling at the end and be like, don't you think that that being the closing sequence takes away all of her agency in this moment of power that completely erases everything that she was? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is our closing shot. Going back to what you were saying, so it's like, even that small moment, like, end it with just the death, and then that's it. But by panning up, and we're seeing this this moment of togetherness where it's it's implying that he was right. It's implying that all of his actions were justified. And it's right. And in also, this that it was all justified. Of, You're right. Yeah. 100% right. Yeah. Maybe his death was actually still his choice because he had yeah. control over her and made her do all this stuff. So maybe he needed the validation of being killed by his lover and she he made her do it right yeah like so So it was his choice yeah yeah so it was still his choice at the end what the fuck choice did she have yeah have somebody there to question that like just hey like before we shoot this just a quick pass or even in the editing room just be like hey um just saw it uh (laughs) what do you guys think if we leave that part out because i got that she has no agency and like all this stuff. What if? What do you think? Huh? Well, maybe is that a wrong choice? What do you guys think? It like it's it's right. bad storytelling because again, yeah. like somebody, somebody say something. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, have more voices. Have more people in the mix instead of just like 
white men who think that what their thing is 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 genius and you can't mess with this this idea or this visionary thing it's like no you're just a person with shitty ideals you're not a visionary fuck off like let somebody else posit a question let somebody else like honestly if your shit's so good shoot some holes in that boat see if it sinks if it sinks build a better boat like what the fuck like let people (laughs) in question your content and if it's a mess yeah, get some other hands on it. Like tell it that's that's how you tell a better story. Like but you don't just submit the first draft. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be so and also it's a lot of like uh ego shit. I'm assuming Coppola didn't want more people on it, so I'm assuming it was like, well, this is a this is my thing. And it's like, yeah, well, your thing is his sucks. vision for Dracula vampire, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just maybe like let's release some of that stigma. Just say like, oh fuck, I sh- I fucked this up. This sucks, dude. Sorry. Yeah. Like, it's okay why does if it's it have bad. to be, like, a whole fucking press statement? Just say, like, shit, I fucked up. Did not see that coming. I'll do better. Like. Because in a patriarchal state, men are never wrong. Let's also talk about. Boom, 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 I have, boom, boom. I want to talk about two things that I really liked, and then let's end on the mental illness thing. Uh, unless other people. Okay. okay. Uh, no, two no. things I really loved, bringing it back to the music. Oh, um, yeah? One, so the scream of Dracula that we hear in the beginning is actually the singer from The Cramps. Did you all know that? <gasps> what? They brought no. Lux in to do Lux that Lux Interior? Scene. Buck, yes, they did. How fucking Dude, cool. Dude, that's, that's wow. sick. So that's dope. Imagine if he was in that movie. Oh, Ima- my God. Like, Him imagine and Tom if- Waits. Tom Waits fucking Tom killed Waits, it. This, I know. Like, he's so good. I loved him. Imagine- I loved him. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could yeah, you yeah. imagine? That's- I, would, yes. I would love that. Oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Tom Waits was in this movie and Tom Waits is amazing just in general. Yep. And in this role, he fucking delivered. He was a great Renfield yeah. and he really did a good job of like inhabiting that character in a way the 1931 guy did not do. Yes, he did. Truly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, let's talk about that, that area where he was at, which is really fucked. They're in the sewer is where the insane asylum is, it looks like. And the guards have cages over their head because like none of their the rest of their body is like like I feel like that was more symbolic than actually thought of. What do you guys think that was? Because that like, yeah, I think it was was symbolic and also uh, making it a little bit outlandish. Like, oh, look how people were weird back in the 1890s or whatever it was, you know, like, whoa, an insane asylums they had to wear chicken cages on their heads for some reason like oh yeah. okay okay all right yeah symbolically it made sense it's just as far as like a to reiterate and d- deliver this dichotomous place this scene right like their heads are level their heads are square right so these level-headed guards versus the insane people so mm-hmm. to further wedge the oh. dichotomy of having your head on right or having your head on straight versus yeah the wildness of being mentally ill in this space. Maybe that, wow. that That's there's really something cool. there, just the visualization of that. Yeah. But also I just, I just think it looked cool. Like I love cool. how wild it, it did looked. look cool. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Yeah. 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 I thought those were the patients at first. That's why I was like, what the fuck? Oh yeah. Like, so that's why yeah. I, I think that it was, it wasn't, or at least like if it was just on the patients, I've been like, whatever. But the patients are just like shackled and stuff. And it was OK. Like it was such a weird choice throughout this entire movie. There was like, uh, like these like weird moaning, like 
torturing oh, sounds yeah. like from yeah. the very beginning and i was like how does keanu reeves not fucking hear that right <laughs> like and then like yeah. it just kind of carried throughout the whole thing so like i like is that just to everybody in this time period is miserable is this also like each one of these fucking people is mentally ill like everybody that thinks yeah. they're okay is not you know and they're just they're just used to being in this state of misery and this is normal mm-hmm. i don't know I don't know, but it was like it was really jarring. There was a couple points I was like, "This is still happening." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Dracula, nineteen thirty-one, and Bram Stoker's Dracula, nineteen ninety-two. So we'll start with Eric. Yes. Uh, for nineteen thirty-one, who do you think that this was for? I think it was for. <sighs> xenophobic christians <laughs> I think it was for xenophobic christians that's um, a good one yeah that's the end i don't have any sort of follow-up i just think that's who it was for <laughs> uh what about you bob who do you think was the target audience for this the target audience for the dracula movie was absolutely like farmers uh your rubes you know like Oh my, the people that get scared when the lights were out and that was it. Like, <laughs> oh dear Lord, the devil's going to come inside and get us. You know, that kind of situation. Yeah. And because there was no fucking depth to that. If they're trying to scare people with the goddamn armadillos at the beginning of the movie, you know, that's not made for people with half an ounce of uh, intelligence. So, there yeah. You go. Made for the Trump voter. I mean, uh, the, the rubes of the day. <laughs> True. Fact. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm, that statement. <laughs> yeah, I I stand by both of those. I think that this was a thousand percent for uh I think it was for men. I think it was for men that just want to control women and feel like a big man, big man yeah. hero. Because yeah, they can save them and they'll only marry and cast someone that's hot enough. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, what did we think? Did you like it, Eric? Uh, no. Visually, some of it was fun. Visually, some of it was gorgeous. The story was terrible. The structural visual narrative was terrible. Yeah, I honestly, half of it, I was just like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. So no, I did not <laughs> like it. I didn't like it. No, I didn't like it. What about you, Bob? Um, I... I used to like that movie a lot until I forced myself to watch it multiple times <laughs> recently. It, yeah, no, not not a very great movie. I mean, from the effects to the characters and the kind of weak portrayals and the story and, uh, you know, the stories. I, yeah, I, I have issues with it. Um, yeah. The set design was beautiful. I think like you were saying, Eric, there yeah. were times when the set design was absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. Overall, if I had to rate the movie on a scale from one to 10, I'd give it like probably a two or three, I would say. Yeah. Very low, very low score. Yeah. I don't really care to see it again. I love Bela Lugosi though. I do. I do have to admit that. Um, And I loved parts of his portrayal of Dracula, but it's campy and it's kind of funny in some ways. Um, And it's the iconic Dracula. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I don't need to see the movie again for another 10 years, at least, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, about you, Jess? I think, um, so on our like it, love it, gotta have it, yeah. um, I'm going to say that this is below all of those, and it's a taster. 
Taster, like it's yeah. when you're like, oh, I don't know what that tastes like. So you get like the little like uh, disposable spoon or whatever. Um, yeah, I did not like it at all. And this yeah. didn't have um, to me like certain parts were charming. Like we're talking about like the little bat thing. I appreciate the iconic look of this right and like the pop culture icon and inspiration that this was for so many other things moving forward and i understand that it was important for all of that but i don't need to watch this again and like the only time i could see myself watching this is if like i'm at a halloween party and it's on in the background on mute you know like it it would be a great like background just chilling but yeah, it was it was just really messy in a way that I will go back and watch something. I I would be more inclined to go back and watch uh, the original Mummy than I would this. Same, yeah, hundred so. percent same. How about the 1992 version, Eric? Is this new, interesting, or the same? Progressive, regressive? Has the story evolved? It's essentially the same story. The only evolution in any capacity is. Better costumes, better... Well, I wouldn't say better sets necessarily. Um, It was essentially the same thing. It was just as silly in what it was trying to say. I don't necessarily think it was reductive. I think it was had the same level of uh, reduced scope from the beginning to now. Um, Yeah, just more blood. It was the same thing, just more blood. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, I, I... If you ask me the same question, was this an improvement over the 1931 version? I would say no, no. It, to me, it's almost like, was episode one of Star Wars a better movie mm. than episode four? It should have been in some ways, right? Yeah. But no, mm-hmm. they just took the original <laughs> idea essentially and threw more bullshit on top of it. Yeah. And they threw in, you know, of course I'm referencing Star Wars and I always have to go back to the George Lucas redemption thing. And they had to throw the fucking redemption and they had to throw the love story in and they had to throw all the like eye candy in that was absolutely not really didn't help the story per se. I yeah. mean, it's mm-hmm. not there are better stories out there, I would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that. I think visually it was a lovely movie. There's a lot of the visuals that I loved. Yeah. A lot of the weird little effects and lighting and some of the sets and this and that. I mean, I do have to say I loved the Lucy when she rose from the dead all in white. And, you know, just the costumes were intense, right? Gorgeous, like gorgeous. But overall, the movie lacked substance, I think, more than... It had about the same substance as the first movie, which is it had about as much substance as your average Twinkie. There's nothing, not much there. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is like the Easter version of the Twinkie. It's a little bit different. Yeah. It's a little dressed up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's I I do think that it was actually more regressive because it decided to double down on a lot of these ideas that the 1931 version didn't even really go into. Like, I mean, it just like was like, boom, here's this. Boom, here's this. And then this one decided to give each one of these points a deep, dark, intense backstory underneath all of the things. And this is why. And then think about this. And and I think the real problem with this is that Dracula at itself, when you boil it down to uh, boil it down to the basics, which is the 1931 version, right? Basically, Dracula, he's a vampire, needs Mina, 
goes to Mina, dies, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, because he, he loves her or whatever, right? Like, it is just a fundamentally flawed and old and dated story. Um, sure, yes, and so yes, I think there's only so. so much that you can do within that structure unless you're really willing to go down and break down a lot of that story and to make it something new entirely. But I do think that it just it doubled down on so many of the things that it needed to change and anything that it added it really just furthered a lot of the super, super, super regressive ideas. And it's yeah. uh, disheartening because this is the 90s. So it's we're still telling the same stories and we're still like reiterating more so trying to vet like and this is the part that I really hate. It's validating everybody's motives and everybody's actions um, yeah. when it's just really fucked up. And so like looking at stuff like this, I'm like, Man, this is why I knew so many shitty people. <laughs> like, you know, this is why all of this happened. You know, um, not because of this film necessarily, but because these are the things that are okay. It's okay to treat people like shit and it's okay to be in this mindset if you are, if you've got a reason, right? And that's not yeah. good enough. Like, we're, we're past that point now. So who is this for, Eric? I'd say it was for the gothic steampunk community. Ooh, like Just, the Wild Wild West. Like, exactly. It was for folks yes. who loved Wild Wild West. Um, <laughs> no, truly, just because, I mean, the story, again, like you were saying, exactly, it lacked all substance. It was not good, but visually gorgeous. Costumes, gorgeous. Setting, gorgeous. Like, there was a lot about it that was, like, visually so appealing, like you were saying, Bob. And I think it it appealed to folks who really, really identified with a lot of that sort of um, aesthetic. Yeah. What about you, Bob? I'm kind of with Eric on this one. I think that was meant to appeal to people who are easily visibly excited and, and fulfilled by pure visual, not much else, right? Yeah, just all all style, no substance, that kind of crowd, which kind of goes back to my statement about the 1931 movies. It was made for the unwashed masses, the rubes in some ways, you know? Mm-hmm. And some of those with a gothic edge, uh, let's say the rube that are, knows that appreciates the cure in something in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Like hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and I am going to double down on all of that that you guys said. And I think that um, this is for people that mistake visuals for story substance. So, you know, you can talk to people about like what they remember, like, oh, this is so cool, blah, 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 blah. So the visuals are what stick, but like the story beats and everything are things that often are forgotten or glossed over by the stunning visuals and stuff like that. Like I can think of so many films are like, oh, that's a great film. And then I go back and watch it. I'm like, oh, that's a garbage film. But damn, it was pretty. It was a good um, ride. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm going to a thousand percent double down on that. Um, yeah. Did cool. you like it, Eric? I liked how it looked. I loved Lucy. Such a redeeming character for me in this movie. Generally, no, I did not like it. I loved Lucy, loved the visuals. So I'm going to give a real half-hearted yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> a real Libra move. I, so I did typical. and did not like this movie. What about you, Bob? Yeah, I, I'm with Eric on the visuals. Visually beautiful, stunning movie. The only other redeeming factor... I think Gary Oldman is one of the best character actors of all time. 
True. His yeah. performance is great. True. I mean, yeah. you know, but he is purely like a character actor. Yeah. He's not a lead guy, right? Uh, other than that, I don't have a lot of redeeming value. I, I appreciate what Eric says about the Lucy character. I almost think, too, that's got slipped in. Somehow, yeah. the strength and the, the wonderfulness of that character like made it through the eye candy that they were trying to portray every single woman in this movie as yeah. more or less. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I have issues. I have a lot of issues with it. I give it, you know, a big thumbs down, honestly. I yeah. Have to do that. Yeah. I think that you're right that the strength and the love that we have for Lucy is maybe, um, they weren't expecting people to have that, especially like, you know, in today's day and age, because you're supposed to look at her and you're supposed to think less of her because she's promiscuous, you know. That's all true. Yeah. 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 So That's I think that true. that was completely accidental um yeah. it's but, perspective it's a matter of perspective more than anything else right yeah um that and the lucy I, character is rad and she is because she's free she's actually the character with the most strength in the entire movie almost yeah. in some ways and i love that i love like yeah, and that's great it sucks that's great because it feels like a, with a lot of like older film and older stories like more often than purposeful really great non uh patronizing characters um when we get a character like this version of lucy it's accidental but i'll take it you know yeah like Like, a happy um, accident a happy accident yeah Yeah. and this is a moment where like if there was a woman in the writer's room it's like oh this is great they'd be like nope rewriting that yeah right exactly right yeah i on our patented scale of like it love it gotta have it um don't check um it is it's a like it just because of because of lucy and because of the visuals everything else to me is like it's and and gary oldman right um but like i have a hard time with some of the things that i read on what and how he did things like for instance that woman that played lucy she was uncomfortable with like one of the scenes the sex scene and then coppola had oldman go and like whisper something into her ear and stuff like that so there was a lot of like coaxing that was happening with these characters and with these women behind the scenes Mm. that really definitely played into and so it's like it's just weird because it's like okay cool there's some cool things about this but like at the same time it's like i'd probably like look up scenes or gifs of this to send out before i would like go back and watch this movie yeah you know oh 100 I mean? yeah. sure yeah. sure yeah. yeah yeah somebody has to do dracula better like what the fuck y'all <laughs> yeah 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 cool well i think that's it thank you so yeah. much for uh joining us bob we really uh, yeah. oh, of course thanks for having me yeah yeah, yeah, yeah thank you bob it's great been yeah. so much fun good fun yeah no, that was great yeah i love talking about it. i definitely got some new perspectives and uh, a new lack of appreciation for both of them, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. I, I, I always was not prefer to see things. This, and this is—I wasn't either. I, w- I wasn't either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. But here we are. So here we are. Uh, where can people find you and the creative projects that you do? Well, the um, the tilt wheel you can find about once every two years uh, <laughs> somewhere. You just got to look kind of hard. The um, I want to party with Bob podcast is on all the different podcast apps, Spotify, Apple, Google, yada, yada, just like nostalgia is same thing with the great rock and roll trivia podcast. 
Go on your favorite podcast app and search, and there I will be. So, yes, yes, indeed. Look me up, please, and enjoy yourself. I talk a lot of shit about a lot of things you might like, but I (laughs) speak from a position of love, never hate, (laughs) and I love to talk shit about things that I love. So Hell yeah. That's why we love you. Yeah. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Cool. Um, Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, uh, Bob. And thank you for listening. Please write in to us at nostalgiapodcast at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, topics, things. I don't know. Tell us you love us. We like validation. Um, (laughs) And thank you to David Tercero for providing technical support. Danny Barkley for editing our podcast. And thank you, Eric. Thank you, Jess. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye. 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 Bye